good evening, the block, block, the block. What do I call you? Good evening, block. That sounds weird. Uh, good evening, the blockians. We'll go with that. How are you guys doing? Are we doing okay? Are we doing pretty good? My name is Ryan. I, I'm, the, I'm a youth pastor at a church called Legacy Christian Church here in Kansas City. So if you ever met anybody from there, um, uh, that, that, those are my people. Good to be here. Um, they, they let me keep coming back to speak. And when they give me the hard topics, it's like, hey, you want to come preach on anxiety? I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, they, the last one they called me for is like, you want to come do the sex talk? You're married. I'm like, no, absolutely not. Why are you giving me the awkward, the awkward talk? So I'm so excited to talk about anxiety tonight. Are you guys excited to talk about it too? We have like, yeah, that's great. Um, well, it is good to be here with you guys. Really, seriously, I, I, it is a privilege to get to be here just to share some of God's word um, with you on, on, a, on a pretty serious topic. But um, I thought I'd just kind of open up to get our minds thinking. Just so I want to make you anxious. Can we, can we just go there? Can, I help, can you help me make you anxious for the next couple minutes? Um, on just some things uh, uh, that, that could make you anxious. Have you ever been in maybe a, a situation um, that you were just, that just triggered anxiety in you immediately? Um, anybody, uh, not like airplanes, maybe got like a, maybe anybody get anxiety on airplanes? Like you just, you're, I hate this, this space. You know, like somebody being, in, like, you know, there's, there's COVID in the air and like somebody is sneezing on you. My sister was on a flight to Las Vegas two weeks ago and she said a guy came onto the airplane profusely sweating, sat right next to her and my sister, and he was just like talking and like, she's like, I don't know if it was Russian taboo right now. Can you even say that? You know, like, and she's like, he's talking Eastern European. He's just like sweating, yelling at somebody on the phone. And then like all these air marshals come onto the plane and my sister's like, oh my gosh. Like, she's like, I've never been more scared and anxious on a flight in my life. So sometimes the airplane uh, can be a little uh, scary. Or maybe you've seen one of these on an airplane, crying baby. Uh, we get, I get kind of freaked out when a baby's freaking out. Is anybody with me? Can anybody be honest? I get immediate anxiety when I just see a screaming uh, baby, I don't really know um, what to do. Anybody ever been anxious waking up late? You checked your phone. You, you missed your alarm. Anybody been there where you've maybe gotten a little trouble at work, at your job? You look at it and you're like, oh, no. And like just that horrific feeling right away. Maybe, you, yeah, and then you get that. Then your boss is like, hey, buddy, where you at here? Um, yeah, I've had a few of those where I've almost lost my job. Um, a couple times, but this is my favorite one. The one that immediately makes my blood pressure just shoot through the roof is anytime I'm speeding and then that happens and then you're like, you either know, you're like, hey, I'm clean, I'm good, I'm off the hook, or you immediately know, you're like, this is not gonna, this is not gonna go down for me. Um, anxiety is the, it's the worst. And it's something I think that we, if we're all honest, that we all deal with and it seems like it, we're kind of at an all-time high um, in our society with dealing with this right now. I did some research. 61% um, of all adults um, admit to struggling with some kind of generalized anxiety. I thought that was even a little bit low um, from, a, from a stat that I read preparing for this. And 41% of adults 18 to 29, raise your hand if you're in that bracket, if you're in that, that tax bracket, reported that from 2020 to now, their anxiety hasn't gotten better post-pandemic but that it's gotten worse. Um, it kind of sobering facts. And I think this is a fact. Anxiety is a major problem. It's a major issue that we all face for every single one of us. And for some people, it's literally killing us. Uh, it's not good for our bodies. It affects the way that we sleep. 
It affects the way that we view ourselves. It affects everything about us. But I thought um, uh, we'd do a little poll about how, about how we're doing in the room. Uh, and this is participatory. Nothing. You don't need to go super in-depth. Just go one, two, or three. Um, uh, and then on the count of three, I want you to raise up one, two, or three right now. One being, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm solid. Two is kind of like I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff right now. And three, you're like, yo, it's been, out, it's been through the roof lately with my personal anxiety. Okay, can we all just do this group exercise on three? One, two, three. Where are we at? Okay, where am I? Yeah, you got it? Okay, keep your number, hold up your number nice and high so your neighbor can see it. And I want you to just maybe share for the next minute or so, what's your number, what's maybe some contributing factors to that. I'm a two, by the way. I'm probably at a two. So why don't you chat with your neighbor about that for a minute. Why'd you pick your number? What's going on? What are you stressing out about? Okay, who's brave? Anybody brave? Anybody want to share? What, what's maybe something going on? Should I pick on a section? This, is, this section looks pick honorable. Who's, uh, anybody want to share? What you dealing with right now? Something maybe general. Social anxiety right now in this very moment. I'm brave that you, I'm, I'm proud of you for saying something. That's a big deal. I feel like that answering the question would give me social anxiety. Social anxiety, it's a big deal. Anybody else? What about somebody over here? What are we dealing with right now? Work. Anybody, uh, anybody else say work? Anybody say finances? Anybody say relationships? Drama? Anybody say family issues? Um, I, I, I think if, if we're all honest, I feel like the 61% stat's a little low. I, I mean, I think if, if we just look at what anxiety is, um, and I think uh, um, defined as an intense, excessive, and persistent worry fear about everyday situations showing up in our life in a lot of different ways. For some of us, it shows up in maybe some more clinical things like OCD or, uh, or like, like clinically diagnosed social anxiety, some of these things. Uh, it, it shows up in a lot of us in a lot of different ways. It, it comes into our, our life in, in so many different areas. Um, I read a study from uh, University of Arizona that said there's a direct relationship to cell phone addiction and anxiety and depression. I mean, I think if we're all honest, it doesn't matter where we are in the room, that we are all dealing with just a never-ending just pace of life. I mean, because you think about it, like we're not designed to take in the amount of information that we are. We're not designed to live life with smartphones in our pocket. That's not how God made us. We're not designed to look at the amount of news we're looking at. We're not designed to look at the amount of social media content we're looking at. We're not designed to, to live with the number of relationships that are in our life that are just constantly at, like bombarding us, the, the pressures that we get from our, from our 24-7 connected work life that we live in. Can we just understand that we live in a crazy world that in a lot of ways is not set up for us to win in a personal relationship with Jesus? And that's hard because you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? I've got to go to work every day. I, I live in this world. I'm there, right there with you. Um, but I, I just want to encourage you 
that fortunately for us, Jesus and God's word has a lot to say about stress and worry and anxiety. And we're going to look at a passage tonight that's probably one of the most common passages about this. And maybe you've heard a sermon on this. It's out of Matthew chapter 6. But maybe some of you guys haven't. I, it was really cool. The other day I was at the gym with my friend Andrew, and we were, we were, we were kind of in the locker room finishing up our workout and stuff, and, and I, he was talking about some anxiety that his wife was dealing with, she, she work stuff, and, you know, she was kind of, she was really struggling. I was asking how I could pray for him, and I was like, yeah, man, it just makes me think of this passage in, um, in, 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 in Matthew chapter 6, and, um, uh, and he was like, man, I didn't know that the Bible had anything to say about anxiety. He's like, because he just didn't know. And some of you guys might be here in that place tonight where you're just, you, you haven't grown up in church or been around Christianity or the Bible. And it's an amazing thing about following Christ. It's an amazing thing about, about believing, that what we believe about the Bible is that it's the inspired word of God. And, and, and I think it's an incredible thing that we believe as Christians. That there is ancient spiritual wisdom that is directly from the heart of God for us to apply to our life. I think that's pretty cool. And in our text, we're in Matthew chapter 6. Starting in verse 25, so if you have a Bible, you're taking notes or whatever, we're going to be in there most of the time. But just to set us up a little bit, Jesus is preaching this, this long sermon called the Sermon on the Mount, where he's talking to everyday people about what a lifestyle of living in the kingdom of God is. Like, what is that like? What is it like if we live with Jesus as our king? If, we, if, we, if God is at the center of our life? Like, not, it's not a perfect life. It talks a lot about, about us dealing with persecution and different trials and things that we face, but it's a life that Jesus says is full of blessing, that it's full of great purpose, and I think we're going to see that it's a life that's full of peace that comes from God himself. And Jesus says this, starting in verse 25 in Matthew chapter 6, he says, this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. It says, they don't plant or harvest or store up in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you, more far, are you far more valuable to him than they are? Can you, all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their own clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And I, This is a, just a really simple, beautiful passage. Like, there's some scriptures that are hard to understand. I love this scripture because it's so simple. Jesus is just unpacking this amazing heart, the caring Father's heart that God has for us. It's powerful to show that, 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 that God, if he's really out there, that he deeply cares and desires for all of people that are his children to be cared for and to be provided for and to have our needs met. And I'm guessing there's a good group of us in the room that, that intellectually believe that to be true about God's character. I mean, I think a lot of times this is me. I read scriptures like that, and, I'm, and I've grown up, kind of, I've been around Christianity for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. I can wrap my mind around that concept, but we don't really feel it. I think a lot of times we don't experience that from God on a daily basis. I mean, I think sometimes we miss out on the peace and the comfort of trusting God, and we fall into ruts, right, of, of worry and anxiety and fear around so many different things. We, we think about our future, we think about our careers, we think about our relationships, we think about our finances, 
Some of these things we feel like we can control, and some of these things we can control aspects of. But a lot of these things are things that we can't control. And for some of us today, I, I just want to speak to you directly. I'm worried that it's not a rut, but it's like your life. Some of you are like, man, I feel like I've been in like a 15-year rut. I feel like I wake up and it's like Groundhog Day and I, and I go through the day and I have my projects at work. And, you know, then you're dealing with your relationships or, or maybe a lack thereof. You know, and you, you know, you go to bed and you wake up anxious and then you do your day and you go to bed kind of worried and, and filled with dread. Has anybody been there? Anybody had a night where you went to bed like that? And, and some of you might just feel trapped. Like, I know that there's been seasons of my life where I've dealt with this. I mean, I feel like in the last two to three years... Personally, I've dealt with more anxiety than I have my whole life. And it's easy, you know, and some of you guys might be really deeply rooted with some of this stuff. And I just want to encourage you, like, if you're here and you're, you know, maybe you, you've sought some clinical help and you're taking medication for, for anxiety in your life or you're trying to get professional counseling and, and help, like, I want to encourage you, like, those are amazing things that, that God has placed into our life to be helpful tools to help bring us around some hope and some healing. And I, I, I don't want, I'm not like anti-counseling or like, you know, going to see a doctor, medication person. I know there's some people in this world that are like that. I believe that God is placing resources and people in our life to help us heal and process through real things that are causing anxiety in our life. I mean, and if you're here and you just feel trapped, I just want to encourage you that that is not God's desire for you. That it's not God's desire for you to feel trapped in anxiety. That it's so easy to get there and it's so easy to let all these worries and all these things that Jesus is revealing in this passage for us creep into our life. But can I just encourage you to be seeking more counsel. I, I mean, that, that scripture in Galatians 6, that, we can put that up on the screen, talks about bearing one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. And we're supposed to be having relationships with people that we can confess things that are, that are weighing us down, to have people to talk to. Like, that's why we do this, is to get you around other people. This is in James 5, that we're supposed to confess our sins to one another, to confess the things that are going on in our life to one another, and to pray for one another, so that what? So that we might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I mean, and if that's you here tonight, I just want you to know... Again, that God's desire is not, excuse me, is not for you to stay trapped in anxiety. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like giving up today, just to keep going, to know that God is inviting you, like it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, to cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. To not leave this place without having a conversation and setting up a lunch or setting up a coffee with somebody to have a conversation with. But when it comes to anxiety in our day-to-day -day life, I think that there's some things in this passage we need to be aware of. Because if we, if we are all, you know, what, 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 excuse me, regardless of what we're pursuing in our life, if we have a problem, I think we're trying to find a solution, right? And when it comes to worry, like, the solution that we seek really reveals a lot about us. And I, I think we're going to see from our, our, our text that there's several negative solutions to worry. And the first one if we're not careful, is to get stuck in the hustle. And I think first we notice that what Jesus says like in the passage about the birds. He says they don't work. They don't store up food. He says they're not so focused on, on how much they're saving and how much is in their Roth IRA. He's like, he, they, they don't work. They don't do that. He says the flowers don't make their own clothes. Another translation says this. They neither toil nor spin. And I think the human response for us a lot of times, when we feel anxiety creep into our life, isn't to, to pull back, it's to do more. It's to work harder. 
It's to hustle more. It's to show up earlier. It's to stay later. It's to work out more. It's to, it's to w- get more education and watch more YouTube videos on things that you can educate yourself on. Has anybody been there? And then you get in this bad cycle. If you, the more that we put in, the more we shame ourselves for not getting done. And, and then we feel that, that cycle continue. And we live in this American world, that, this do-it-all culture that loves more, bigger, better, faster. And if you aren't doing that, you're falling behind. I know that I struggle with that oftentimes. But what does Jesus say in this passage? He says, the birds and the flowers don't worry. They trust in God to provide the right thing at the right time every day. And you might be thinking, that's, that's awesome. Like, if that's true, then, then do, I, do I need to, like, lean in as much? And Are we off the hook? Do we, not have to, do we not have to care about getting our projects done if you're in school and turning your stuff in? No, absolutely not. That's not, that's not the point. But I think the point is that when we feel the pressure rise to take a step back, to get our minds right and remind ourselves that God is in control, that he has you working in your workplace for a reason, that he has given you the projects and the things that you're focused on for a reason. And I love how Jesus sums this up. He says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? I think in today's language, Jesus would say, worrying is not changing anything. Just stop and take a breath. Like keep going and slow down. And just enjoy the fact that that we're on a journey of becoming who God wants us to be. Not just doing everything that we feel like we need to be doing. And I think in a world of so much hustle and and fast pace, it would be wise for us to slow down and just ask a couple practical things before we move on. Um, And this is just a, a, a personal challenge for you. Maybe just to check a couple things in your life. If you feel like you're really struggling with the hustle, check your schedule. Like, do you just have too much stuff going on? Do you, like, pack your day from 5 a.m. to 10 or 11, and you're like, I just have too much going on. You don't have time to hear from God. You don't, you're struggling to even make things like this a priority. I think there are some of us that are in that place. I know that I struggle a lot of times in my world do, feeling like I'm spiritual doing things for God rather than actually spending time with God. And I can easily get there. I think another thing you can check is check your screen time. I mean, it's just a reality that we live in this world with so much tech around us. I mean, how much time are we spent speeding up, not just our bodies, but speeding up our minds through what we consume? And if, and maybe you're just spending too much time trying to, trying to calm down, uh, like uh, on, you know, on Instagram or on TikTok or like uh, whatever your, your consumption is on your screens. I mean, these are great tools. These are great things, but they can really easily speed up our minds. I think it's really serious why Jesus gave us a command in the Ten Commandments to take the Sabbath seriously. I think God is really serious about making a hard stop for a 24-hour period at least once a week to rest your body and to rest your mind, to rest your soul. That's why Jesus called us to love him with all of ourselves. And God has given us the gift of Sabbath and, and rest to take advantage of that every single week and even every single day. And I see Jesus' life, and I see his pace is slow. And I just want to encourage us not to miss that. I think some of you are here in the room, and you're like, that's great. The hustle's not really my problem. I've already got my solution that when I get really stressed out about things, whether it's my job or relationships, um, I'll just quit. And I'm not going to say, man, we got any quitters in the room. I'm just trying to challenge some of that. Like, I've been there. My personality, I love new stuff. 
I like new friends. I like new, uh, I like new cars and new toys. When things get hard, like, I naturally want to quit. And we don't see from the text that the, the birds just, like, quit and die or whatever, right? But, like, we, we know that in life when things get hard, a lot of us, we hit this certain threshold and we quit. And I just think it's a generational thing, too, honestly. I, I think just as millennials and Gen Zers, but we, we struggle with this. I think we struggle and we quit a lot of things. I don't know if it's just because, like, our parents, like, built this little utopia around us and told us, like, your life has to be perfect. And, you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know what that necessarily um, is or, or why we struggle with that. That sometimes when we hit real life, uh, being an adult, and we realize that actual real life requires hard work and life is hard and work is hard. You know, that following Jesus is hard. I don't know if it's just like the constant bombardment that we get from social media, like there's an easy way out. You know, like anybody caught up in uh, that, that, what's the, what's the, what they call the fire? What is it, like financial independence, retire early? You know, you kind of get obsessed with like trying to think through that world and that worldview. I, I just think as a generation that it's something that we need to talk about, that we oftentimes have a quitting problem. Whether it's in school or in business or in jobs or even in our spiritual lives with Jesus. I mean, I don't know where all of you guys are in the room and, and, and where you stand with God. Or, or maybe you've, you're here and you've been following Jesus for a long time. You've grown up in the church. You know all the stories. You're like, yeah, I've read this passage like a million times. I've heard a bunch of, I've heard a bunch of sermons about this. Or you're here and you, you're just exploring the claims of Christ for the first time. I just, I, I got to say it. Like what Jesus said to the crowds. He says this in Mark chapter 8, like about following Jesus. He says, then calling the crowd to join the disciples said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and to follow me. Like, that's a hard word. And we see Jesus all the time making that challenge sometimes more, and it doesn't really sound convincing, right? Like, Jesus offers, I thought Jesus was supposed to offer me, like, the whole health, wealth, happiness thing. And for a lot of us, myself included, like, we get a little sprint, we get out of the gate of following Christ, and we're like, man, like, Oh, Jesus is hard. Like, I know it's worth it. Like, I know, that, I, I know that he's there. But, like, when the anxieties and the pressures of life come, it's hard. And I think a natural reaction to that is anxiety in our life. We start to think, man, is God really there? Does he really have my best interest in mind? This isn't exactly the way that I thought my life would pan out, God. Are, are, are you there? Like, hello? I know that I've been at places like that in my faith. And it's made me question some things and want to quit at times. And maybe it's not your faith, but maybe it's just your job. Or maybe you're in, in a new marriage you're in or a relationship where you feel tension start to rise. And you're naturally bent to quit some things. And for some of you, it might not be to necessarily quit. But it might just be to seek a solution for your anxiety um, and escape. In things that we use to escape. I think if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll look for an anti-anxiety distraction, you know, whatever we can get our hands on, right? Whatever's easy, whatever gets us through the week. And we live in this world where it's so easy all the time to escape. You know, whether it's through just like when you come home from a hard day of work and, and, and you know, your first reaction isn't to, isn't to hang out with somebody to encourage you, isn't to have a conversation, but your first reaction is to have a drink, right? Or to turn to a drug. Maybe before you're going to bed, you're like, I can't power down, and I know that this shouldn't be a part of my life, but it's easy to turn on some, like, watch some pornography before you go to bed. It's easy to turn to some of these things that we have in our life to help us escape in the moment, 
And it might not be as, as intense as that. Maybe it's just too much time on social or, or too much mindless entertainment or too many video games. These things that are in our world. And I think the enemy is really subtle. Like we live in this world where we have smartphones in our pocket. I mean, have you ever found yourself? You're like two hours in and you're like, have I just been watching videos of other people like escaping reality? Like through forms, like because I don't want to think about reality because it's stressing me out. Like, I'm not immune to that. I've been there myself. So what is it for you? What do you turn to to escape from your stress? What's your escapism solution? Because I think if we're honest, anxiety is a universal struggle that every single one of us in this room is dealing with. I think if we aren't aware of it over time, making these little compromises and choosing to escape is going to just change the way that we fundamentally think about our life and what we fantasize and what we dream about and what we look for. You know, we start settling. We say, man, I know that Jesus has something for me, but maybe it, maybe really, maybe it is the job that'll make me happy. Maybe the peace that I'm looking for really is in that relationship. Maybe it is in, in, in having enough money to feel secure. Maybe the peace that I'm looking for is in some of these things that I know that God's word warns me about. And Jesus reminds us, he says, hey, don't ask yourself, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? He notices, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, people that don't have God at the center of their life. And I think what starts for some of us, if we're not careful, is just enter, in, enjoyment and recreation. Regardless, and this is true if you're following Christ or if you're not in the room. That what starts there is just like, man, it's just something that I do. It can consume you. And it consumes and dominates our thoughts and our pursuits and our desires so fast. Whether it is it's trying to get the perfect job or, or the relationship or the, the, the platform or whatever it is that we're pursuing. The things that our culture and our world thinks will give us peace. I think God's word reveals to us and says, it won't. And I think some of us here, we, we know about Jesus, but we don't really know him. And he's not really our king. And our thoughts are consumed by this world, this culture's stuff. 1 John 2.16 says, says this about these pursuits. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These things are not from the Father, but are from this world. And I think what John is trying to remind the Christians that he's writing to in this passage, he's saying, guys, just be careful. Like, it's so easy to, to, to turn to these things when life gets hard and you feel your anxiety rise, to, to, to shift your focus and to seek for peace in things that are outside of who God is. And if we're not careful, it'll lead us down to a place where we start to question who's really in control of our life. And, and we're going to see that, that the solution that we're looking for oftentimes isn't necessarily just in, in what we're seeking in these things, but it's found and it's something that's super simple and it's profound. See, our society has built all these different things for us to seek, whether it's mindfulness or, or, or having the perfect habits or the perfect life structure, you know, or, or, or having the perfect counselor or the perfect friend group. While these are all great things that are in our life, Jesus' solution is something even simpler. And it's a powerful thing for us to look at tonight. He says this in verse 33, to seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. 
So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I think about that scripture, to seek the kingdom of God above all else. It makes me think about this idea of us seeking and pursuing a solution. For some of us, we turn to the hustle. For some of us, it's escapism. But what I need for us to see today is I think that sometimes we have, we have what we're searching for upside down. That for some of us, we've been seeking a solution for our anxiety, but the solution, according to Jesus, is inverted. It's, it's found in what we're seeking after. Because I think the peace that we're looking for isn't found in just a thing. We want an easy out. We want the quick fix. We want the thing. Like, what's the thing that's going to fix this? And Jesus is saying, it doesn't work like that. The peace you are looking for and that we're looking for in this life is found in the daily, ongoing journey of seeking after Jesus. And I think about that word seek, it, it means to attempt to find, to desire, to obtain or achieve something. And I think about, the, the question isn't so much that this, it's a, like what's the solution to our problem, but it's really what are we seeking after? And as we close tonight, I just want to ask that question, man, what is your heart seeking after? What are you working for? What is the aim of your life? Maybe another way to ask this isn't so much as what, but who are you seeking after? And Jesus in our text shows us the answer is to seek first the kingdom of Jesus. To seek first a life with Jesus at the center. To seek first a life where it's not us as king of our own life. Where it's not us be dealing with all the pressures and all the anxieties and all the worries. But we live a life where we are off the throne of our life. Where we're out of the driver's seat of our life. And we say, Jesus, you can have that. I can't take the pressure anymore. I give you my life. And I, I just want to encourage you tonight that the solution I believe for our anxiety is living life with Jesus as our king and seeking his kingdom first above everything else. You might be here thinking, man, what does that look like? What does that mean? And what I'm not talking about is just a life that's casual about it. Like when you think about a king, they have total control. Like a life, uh, you know, following a king means, I mean, I do what he says when he's asking me to say it because they, they, they mean something to me. It's not a casual approach to our time with the Lord. Man, I'll pray when it's convenient or, uh, man, I'll show up to this kind of stuff when I have time. But it's, it's flipped with, it, it, it's inverted from that. It's daily waking up and having a relentless pursuit of a life that comes from having Jesus first in your life. So just a question, is Jesus your king? If he is, I think we see it's a call to have a radical dependency on the sustaining presence of God in our life. I think it looks like waking up daily and just having a moment with God saying, God, like, my life is yours today. I want you to do what you want with it, God. Like, my life is, I'm here to serve you. How can I lay down my life and pick up my cross today? Seeking his kingdom first looks like setting aside our kingdom and, and leaving some of these things behind, whether it's the hustle I don't know what it might be for you, but leaving some of these things behind and saying, God, how can I build your kingdom? And for some of us here, we need to make that decision for the first time where you maybe are sitting here and you, you've never made a decision to make Jesus king of your life. And I, I'm excited. We're going to invite up uh, the band right now, and, and a gal named Jordan. She's going to share a little bit of her story of what um, uh, that looked like for her to make Jesus king of her life. 
But as she's sharing, I just want to challenge you to keep an open perspective. What's going on in your world that could be keeping you from seeking Jesus as king? And is there something um, that you need to reveal and and turn over to the Lord tonight? I'm going to pray for us, and then Jordan will share some of her story. God, we're just so thankful for this time and your word. God, just for the, the peace that you offer through what Jesus has done for us on the cross. God, I just pray that that you would speak to every single one of us tonight and give us all an opportunity um, to maybe get some things right with you tonight. If it's our first time, maybe having a real conversation with you, God, I pray that you would reveal things to us and draw us close and help us experience your love and know that you're a loving father that cares for us and is calling us to leave our anxiety behind and seek you first above everything else in our life. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, my name is Jordan. Um, First off, I'm battling some intense allergies and screamed a lot last night at Justin Bieber. So if I start to sound like a frog, we'll just power through. Um, I have been living in Kansas City the last couple years since graduating from KU, and I grew up in Overland Park, so have been in the area my whole life. I grew up in a Christian home. So going to church in Jesus was not unfamiliar to me. I always believed that Jesus was real. He's the son of God, um, died for our sins on the cross, and just accepted it as truth because that is what I was told. But I did not understand the impact it had on myself personally or the roles my own sin um, had on uh, nailing Jesus to the cross. And so my teen years and going into college, I was not um, concerned with my faith. always thought faith was going to be something way down the line when I had my own family and kids. Um, And so I was worried about um, succeeding and excelling in all areas of my life, winning everyone's approval, being a people pleaser, Um, still am a little bit. And I took pride in always knowing the my very next step or what was um, kind of like the next plan and and having a decision made. And my freshman year at KU was relatively easy. I joined a sorority and was making friends. I didn't know what I was going to do after college, but that was okay because I had four whole years to figure that out. Um, And at the end of my freshman year, my grandmother passed away, my mom's mom, and we were incredibly close. So that in and of itself was really difficult. But um, it was really hard for my mom. I began to learn that their relationship was pretty broken. And I think there was a lot of um, unresolved and unsaid things. And because of that, she um, became pretty depressed and turned to um, alcohol and other substances to kind of numb that pain. And so um, she was not super present for a few years while I was at KU. And yeah, that was really hard. But thankfully, I uh, started to invest um, into my faith and investigate what that might look like. And I had a friend who always invited me to small groups in our sorority. Um, I would go to our campus ministry nights. And I did not take that very seriously. I kind of just like bopped in and out whenever it was convenient for me. Um, However, fast forward to fall of junior year, 
um, at the end of the semester. I, so I had three semesters left at KU. I didn't know what I was going to do post-college, so that was weighing heavily on me. Um, I had internships and jobs. I was trying to pad my resume and just was riddled with the pressure of doing well and um, stressed and anxious. And then on top of that, just having um, seen my mom struggle for now two or three years, um, I kind of hit a breaking point and had a small, if you could call it that, just a panic anxiety attack going into um, winter break of that year. And I think I kind of worried my parents. And um, so that was my headspace and where I was at um, going into a winter conference that my campus ministry hosted. And that really obviously just like changed the trajectory of my life. I saw college students and young adults really pursuing a relationship with Christ, um, reading their Bibles and praying and having so much fun. I had had so more fun those three days than I had had in a really long time. And um, I don't remember who was speaking. I don't remember what the talk was, but Proverbs 19.21 stuck out to me. It says, many are, the, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And that was the first time that I saw God's word, the scripture, um, just really relevant and thinking like, wow, this big daunting book actually has truth in it that I can relate to. Um, so I slowly and in little tiny pieces just started to grasp the idea that this life is not my own. Um, I don't have any control over it, but it's God's purpose that ultimately prevails, and I can make all the plans that I want. Um, I can um, think that my life should look way different than it did at the time, but um, God's purpose and plan ultimately comes through. And it was that spring, I feel like God finally unveiled um, the true meaning of the gospel. I was sitting at a coffee shop with my friend Madeline, and um, she just really laid out the gospel so clearly for me that it is my sin that separates me from God, And but God doesn't want that. He wants a true relationship with us, so it's through Christ that we can have that right relationship and spend eternity in heaven. Um, so I cried a lot. We went to Nyland's car, and I sat and cried some more. Um, and spent that next spring and summer just really diving into, like, what it means to uh, make Christ the Lord and king of my life. Um, and my life did not magically get so much better. Like, my mom still struggled and was hurting a lot. Um, obviously, I am still battle stress and anxiety. But the peace and comfort and joy that I was able to experience um, because of my life in Christ is just unmatched. Um, I have seen God's work in my own life. I've seen my God's work in my mom's life. She's now two and a half years sober and comes to church with me every Sunday and has actually started reading the word on her own, which is um, incredible. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, I live with three awesome roommates and I've lived with other awesome women in Kansas City that I didn't know really any of them before um, living with them. So I feel like just giving stuff like that to God, I would never have done uh, a few years ago. I am now working a really cool, awesome job that I love that 
was not even on my radar six months ago, and I've just seen God work um, in all of those little aspects of my life. Um, it's been really, really cool. I have grown to look back on my time um, at KU and um, with my mom struggling that I don't look back on it fondly, but I know that God did exactly what he needed to do in order for me to know who he was, who he is, and what his purpose for me is. And so um, he had a story written for me, and sometimes I'm still confused by it, but he has me here for a specific purpose, and I have to be okay with that. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for letting me share. <laughs>